This episode is sponsored by Lumi, a doctor-developed, skin-safe, pH-balanced, aluminum-free deodorant. New customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code INSANE at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code INSANE. Hi, my name is Christina, and I am a retired drug dealer. So I was born in Fountain Valley, California, and then my family lived in Anaheim, and um, we could see, like, the Disneyland fireworks from the apartment oh, and nice. stuff. But yeah. it was really expensive and really ghetto. Mm-hmm. So I was born in 92, so I'm 31. And then we moved to Laughlin, Nevada in 1993. And we stayed there ever since. Um, I'm the middle of three, mm-hmm. but I also have a lot of half-siblings that are older. Okay. So, like, me, my brother and sister, we have the same parents. And then I have... Three other <laughs> sisters and two other brothers. Okay. And um, were you close with all of them? Some. Okay. Um, my one, I have some siblings that came here from Mexico, mm-hmm. the half ones. Um, and then one passed away before I got to meet him in Mexico. And then I have another sister down there. Okay. I have two sisters down there because one that came here got deported. Got it. So I feel like my life up until that moment was like, like we were poor you know Mm -hmm. but not I feel like my mom convinced us we were poor but we weren't my parents worked really hard we were always fed clean we had what we needed yeah um but when we moved to Laughlin um we lived in like the hood you know okay and then we graduated to the next hood Mm -hmm. and then they worked and worked and saved and then we got a house okay but um like I said my one sister Mayeli she came here late 90s Mm-hmm. And we were stuck on each other, like, right away. And um, we're 10 years apart. And so, like, she was here. She went to high school um, a little bit. She didn't do very well, but she wasn't very educated when she came here. Yeah. So she just started working, and um, there's a lot of casinos where we live. It's like a mini Vegas. Okay. With a river. It's really nice. Yeah. Um, and then um, she started hanging around with the wrong crowd and started dabbling in drugs. And then she was in the process of becoming legal this whole time. Mm-hmm. She came here illegally, like snuck over here. Right. Like my dad and my family has. But um, yeah, they went down, I think, I believe it was, it was near the border somewhere. So I believe like Texas. Mm-hmm. And she had to pass like, I think it was like American history type stuff and a bunch of things. But she needed to pass a drug test and she failed. My parents had no idea at all. Yeah. And so on the spot, they're just like, you're going down Mexico. You guys are going home without your kid. Mm. And so, like, I remember when my parents came back, they were by themselves. Like, what the heck? Yeah. And so we got home. We stayed literally up the street. So our parents picked us up. We went home. And my dad was crying, like, hard when we got home. Mm -hmm. And I had never seen my dad cry before. Like, he's like a strong Mexican right. man he's he's little but yeah he's like stern <laughs> little serious. macho man yeah. yeah my mom's six foot my dad's like five four mm-hmm. but um yeah he was crying and they basically told us like Miley got sent back because you know and I didn't really know much about drugs yeah but the messed up part is she had told me like oh yeah I my friend like we were sniffing this 
Mm-hmm. I thought it was Co played later on, but later on, somebody had told me it was Matt, so I don't know. Okay. But she had told me when I was little, like, she was acting from, you know? Was she 10 years older? Yes. Okay. Got it. And um, so she had told me, but I didn't think, like, to tell my parents or anything. Like, right. I had seen her smoking cigarettes in the backyard when I was nine, and I was like, I'm telling. And she's mm-hmm. like, you want to smoke one? And I was like, sure. Yeah. Never so, mind. Like, I'm not going to tell anymore. She wasn't yeah. the best influence. But um, when she got deported, I like abandonment issues because mm-hmm. like she was like my my like woman fi- female figure because me and my mom like when I was younger my mom was a little mean so mm-hmm. like we weren't the closest but um yeah I just felt really abandoned yeah and I stuck it out for a few more years before I started like getting in trouble and all that because when she got deported I think I was 10 so like I was a good kid but I still was like even more so attached to my dad because I was always a daddy's girl. Mm-hmm. And then when my sister was gone, I was like, well, you know. But I definitely became like a stage five clinger. Yeah. Because of that. Right. Like, and you never got to say goodbye either. It was just very sudden. And I didn't talk to her for a while after she got deported too. Maybe like over a year. Wow. And she, her English, like she didn't really speak. She spoke well enough. Mm-hmm. But like when I talked to her, like she didn't remember. She remembered I love you. That was it. Yeah. So like. She taught me a little bit of Spanish, but, like, broken, you know? Okay. So, so you're not fluent. At work, they're like, oh, Christina, mm-hmm. Spanish person, speaking right. person. I'm like, okay, but. So you know it, but not, like, yeah. everything. Okay. Yeah, I'm not fluent, but, like, I'm decent. Got it. I continue to, like, be a good kid. Like, you know, everyone does good in elementary school. Mm-hmm. But I was, like, the student body president and stuff. Like, I was a good kid. I got good grades. And then, like, you know, school actually starts getting challenging a little bit in middle school. Mm-hmm. So, like, I still did all right. Then I got to high school, and I was like, okay, this is getting kind of hard. Yeah. I was get, I was becoming, like, very, like, different and unique. I was an artist. I had all types of awards for my artwork. And I was just really different from the kids. Mm-hmm. And um, I used to always cut up my clothes and patch them and all types of yeah. stuff. And, um me and my sister were kind of known as being like a little confrontational, you know, mm-hmm. she, I was more so like, I'll bark, but she would beat people up all yeah. the time. But yeah, I started getting into like a little bit of like a rebellious stage. Um, not really getting along that great with my mom, like just being a little bitch. You yeah. Know? And, um, I started working when I was like 15, just cause like I said, we weren't poor, but like my my family was always sending money to Mexico, too. Yeah. So, like, we had everything we needed, but, like, I wanted my own shit. I wanted right. more. So I started working when, when I was, like, 15 the casinos. Um, little fast food place like Cinnabon, Baskin Robbins. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I struggled in high school with math really bad. Same. When I was a senior, I had four math classes. And one was, like, specifically just to help you, like like tutor you in every right. aspect of math is called math apps or something but I felt like in Nevada they don't do it anymore but um they had proficiency exams and mm-hmm. subjects you have to pass and the math one I kept failing like 1.1 1. 1 point yeah. I honestly think they just were like pass her along it's fine right but so <laughs> I didn't get to walk in my high school graduation because um I wrote a rap on MySpace. <laughs> Like gangster raps now, uh-huh. you know? Yeah. 
but I wrote it back then. Mm-hmm. No, uh-uh, that was not allowed. And what, the school saw it? Somebody's parent, I think, turned it in. Okay. And then um, Metro, Las Vegas, Metropolitan Police Department runs Laughlin, too. Okay. Because it's like a township. Uh-huh. So Metro wanted to charge me with, like, domestic terrorism. Really? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. And so I was, like, they were, and, like, we had family friends that were in Metro and stuff. Uh-huh. So they were, like, you know. Yeah. They dropped it down to, like, disturbing the peace of a school or something. But they didn't let me walk at graduation or anything like but that. But you were, were you still able to graduate and get, like. They gave me my diploma. Okay. And I even went to try to, like, see the ceremony and the cops took me out. They're, like, no. So that kind of sucked. Yeah. Like, I worked really hard for that. And in my family, obviously, graduating high school is important. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I felt kind of bad about that, like, disappointing everybody. Right. And then, um, like, a month and a half later after I got out of school, um, we call him our brother. He's my brother's best friend. He died mm-hmm. in a car accident. Mm-hmm. Um, he was in town, actually, from college. He played college football. And... Um, yeah, summer break, got into a car accident, and, like, that really, like, that, like, messed me up to where I and was, And that was like, your one, your brother's best friend, you yeah. said? Okay. But, like, he was, he, like, my mom, like, helped raise me. I was, like, Right, you guys father. were close with him, yeah. And, um, I was kind of, like, well, like, fuck this. Like, it was, like, too, way too sad, and, like, the whole town of Laughlin. And, like, I was already, like, kicking myself for, like, the school shit mm-hmm. and all that, so I was, like okay, I'm gonna go across the river. And I moved in there with my family. And my cousins were not good, not good influences. Um, And yeah, started just like partying, you know, drinking, smoking weed, all that. And I only stayed there for a couple months. And my aunt was like, no, like, you got to leave, whatever. Mm -hmm. I wasn't working or anything. Right. So, um, yeah, I went back to Laughlin. But I tried to go to college, and I stayed in a little bit, but I started at the beginning of 2011. All this happened in 2010. Okay. So at the beginning of 2011, my best friend, she was a recovering um, meth addict when she moved to Laughlin when she was, like, 14. Mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about that. She was just a year right. younger than me. But at that point, I was 18, and she was 17, mm-hmm. and I didn't really have anything going on, you know? I was like, right. whatever, so... She got me to try um, meth, and I was I was 18. Oh, yeah, this was right before I turned 19. So you were 18 at this point? Yeah. Okay. And it was weird. We were, like, it was just me and her in a room, you know, and then, like, some fucking older guy comes, and it's just weird, and I'm like, I don't like this. And mm-hmm. after that, I was like, okay, we're not, I'm not, it's not for me, whatever. So fast forward to, like, the fall of 2011, I had this guy on Facebook for a while. I don't know, some random guy that was friends of my friends. Mm-hmm. And he messaged me and stuff, but he wasn't, like, spitting game or anything. Okay. It's like, how are you? Whatever. And so um, I was going to go to this, like, Battle of the Bands at one of the casinos. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I went, whatever, and he was like, oh, I'm going to be there, too. And so, like, he gave me some weed and some hash. And I was like, I'd never really seen hash that much back then. I was like, what the heck is this? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, after that, like, I didn't, like, start talking to him because he gave me weed, you know? Right. But he was, like, a normal guy. He was, like, nerdy. Yeah. Like, kind of business-oriented type of vibe. Mm -hmm. And so, like, 
So he was just, just like good and normal to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. You s- Seemed that way. Good. Mm-hmm. Well, no. But <laughs> anyway, so we start talking, whatever. And then we start like hanging out. But the thing is, like, he was a virgin. So mm-hmm. he wasn't like trying to fuck, you know? Right. He was just like, well, let's see where things go, whatever. And how old was he? He was 21. Okay. And you were still 18 at this point? 19. 19. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, like, um, we would always hang out at the Riverside, this casino mm-hmm. hotel. You'd never go to his house. He he lived in, like, the next town up the highway. It was probably, like, 30 minutes away mm-hmm. in Arizona called Golden Valley. But um, he would never take me to my house. I don't have people over. I don't Because he started telling me he grows weed. He sells weed. He's weird about people coming to his house. I'm like, all right, that's fine. So eventually, like, after a couple months, like, he starts to realize, like, I like this girl, whatever. I wanted to come to my house. So, like, whatever. And he's like, you want to co- you want to come to my house? Finally, and I'm like, at that point, I wasn't, like, sketched out or anything. I was like, sure. And he's like, but uh, you have to be blindfolded. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Mm-hmm. Bro, it could be. It was literally the desert. He could be right. taking me out, throw me in a mine or something. Yeah. And so, like, just I'm like have a shirt over my head or something and my head's like down you mm-hmm. know and then he's and then he's like before we started going up there he told me he's like and i'm gonna take your phone too and i was like oh whatever you right. know he's super paranoid i understand you know mm-hmm. so we get there and it's like this big like um maybe like a double wide trailer or something okay. manufactured home but it's not it's not like ghetto or anything okay. it's nice on like i don't know maybe five acres uh-huh. there's a garage we go inside and we had just went to Sam's Club. So we put a bunch of stuff in the kitchen. And then he said, I want to show you this. And two bedrooms were completely filled with weed plants growing hydroponically. And I was mm-hmm. like, whoa, this is cool. Like, yeah. And so I, he just literally started teaching me the, the ropes, you know, how to grow it, how to take care of it, how to cure it, how to sell it, mm-hmm. everything. Was he just showing you this just like because you were curious or did he want you to help him? He wanted the help. Okay. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I got myself a nice little Mexican girl to mm-hmm. work in my garden. Yeah. Like, straight up. And and later on down the line, I'm like, did he ever give a fuck about me or did he right. just need an employee? But yeah. so like the, like I would stay up there and he would take me home. Like I'd stay for a few days and it was always the same, you know, blindfold, give me your phone, all that. So you never really saw for a while where you were no, going? for a okay. long time. It could have even been like, it could have even been like over a year maybe. Wow. It was a long time. And um, so, yeah, um, we weren't just like grow, selling this weed locally. We we're shipping it all over the country. Mm-hmm. Maryland was like one of our top top Got it. payers yeah <laughs> that's funny yeah. um but yeah shipping it all over the country you know vacuum steal it and then like i was teaching him like we can wrap it like christmas presents and birthday presents love nana and all this so like it was legit yeah um was he paying you to help no, them or? Uh-uh. so you were just doing it just yeah okay. um he would you know feed me start buying me tattoos mm-hmm. like I'm just his girlfriend. I don't have to work. I, the, we work together type thing. So you guys were like dating at this we point? We started dating. I'm probably like October. It was October 2011. Okay. And then so like um, all the way through 2012 was fine. You know, we're doing the same thing. 
And then um, February 2013. Okay, I remember we had started to trans, like, transform the whole garage into like a really legit grow. Like, mm-hmm. there's beds, like um, raised grow beds, just full of like hundreds of little plants. We had sealed the whole garage off so it, we could fill it with CO2, mm-hmm. and it helps the plants and all that. It was really cool. But the strain we picked was not good. It was like blackberry kush. And like we were trying and trying and trying. And so one day we're like, we're going to rip these all out tomorrow. Like, Mm -hmm. screw this. Right. That morning, um, I guess the electric company came Mm -hmm. like really early, like seven. And we have a roommate who's like, he just would play video games all the time on the computer Mm -hmm. and watch the security camera. That's all he really did. Right. He liked that life. But he, the like electric company came and was like, your guys' bill is like crazy. Mm-hmm. And he was sketchy. He was like, oh, I don't know. Like I have a, another space heater running or just some excuse that was yeah. not Not believable. good enough, yeah. So the, the electric guy, okay, for sure, leaves, calls the sheriff. They thought it was a meth lab. But mm-hmm. so after... The electric company come or whatever maybe they were coming already the sheriffs or whatever right. but it's like the guy's name was mikey he like came and knocked on the door and was like the fucking electric company was just here it was weird blah 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 and my ex was like my boyfriend at the time was like it's whatever you know he didn't like to wake up early so yeah and then um but mikey's like i have a bad feeling like mm-hmm. so we got up and as soon as we get to the living room and look out the window, there's like a, a line of sheriffs just coming down into yeah. our, our fence. And it was a lot. It was probably like H. I got chills. It was a lot. And my boyfriend told me, go. I had my little dog. It was like a little pit bull. He was cute. He's like, mm-hmm. take Cabo and go in the room. And he told Mikey, go out there and talk to them. Mm-hmm. And he dipped out the back door. He just left. He just left literally and he took a bunch of cash he had, we had a stack of hundred dollar bills just chilling he took that left and just took off the cops they don't even talk to mikey they immediately arrest him they come into the house without a search warrant mm-hmm. they basically were like um they were thinking the dog was like aggressive but it was like a baby yeah and i was like please don't shoot my dog like right. please don't shoot my dog and um there was a lady cop of course Mm -hmm. lady cops feel like they have something to prove yeah something Mm -hmm. and they have a permanent attitude she manhandled me i you can't see because my tattoos but i had like scars on my wrist really handcuffs and stuff and she rolled up the windows with smoking cigarettes just fucking with me Mm -hmm. my shoulder i had had surgery on it so Mm -hmm. like wasn't 100 she had them all twisted and i'm like laying on my side trying to like my shoulder not hurt outside the house for a while and then finally like a sheriff comes like a male one comes to check on me and he's like what are you okay like and he looked at my handcuffs he's like what the fuck i guess they were like twisted so they're like super short and just all messed up so he hooked me in the front he put me in another squad car with mikey took us to jail Mm -hmm. um and they didn't find your boyfriend at the time right because he just totally dipped out okay um and then also sorry not to interrupt you were you living there at this time or you were kind of back and forth well at this point i was pretty much living there okay 
but of course like no i wasn't living there right you know yeah and um so they kind of like believed that i wasn't living there because i didn't have much there but it's kind of beside the point when we were in i was in jail for like three weeks Mm -hmm. my bail was half a million dollars because it's arizona weed was super illegal there was a bunch of guns and Mm -hmm. other type of weapons in the house a bunch of cash just so you basically took the blame in a way well me and mikey had the same charges it was like um and like cultivation cultivation with intent to sell um possession of a firearm like just Mm -hmm. it it was like it was like six felonies and so like i was in there i was miserable like i'd never been to jail I wasn't scared. I just felt so detached from the world. It was, it's just not a good feeling. Yeah. It's like you literally don't exist, but it doesn't matter about existing, but it's like, literally, it's like you don't, like, no, like if nobody comes to visit you or anything, it's almost like, what's the point? Right. Like, what, yeah, what is like going you're, on? Yeah, it's like you're just existing at that point. Yeah. Just being there. Yeah. And so did you guys say that the boyfriend was a part of it or you no. just didn't? Uh-huh. Okay, so you just didn't even. They were looking for him okay heavy because his car was in the driveway but you guys didn't rat him out kind of thing no okay um they never found him really yeah we got released and we went and we saw him and all that and everything was like that's crazy his sister um worked for an attorney at the time okay um so she kind of like we were set up right like well Mm -hmm. we both got we all three of us got good lawyers um, I think my lawyer cost like forty thousand mm-hmm. dollars. Like, I don't know. It was crazy, but um, and I ended up getting pregnant like a couple months later when all the charges were still up in the air. Yeah. And so, well, I knew I didn't want to have want to have a kid with this guy, even at that point, because I was like, mm, I don't know, not good. Yeah. Um, and so like I got an abortion. I was like, it was fine. And then I got. Like, whatever it's called. Not sentence, but, like, I went to, like, my final court, mm-hmm. whatever. And um, it was in, like, fall. And this happened in February. Mm-hmm. So, like, it took a while. And all my charges got dropped. Really? Except for possession of... They charged me with possession of drug paraphernalia mm-hmm. for having this little jar of Rick Simpson oil, which okay. is, like, for cancer patients and stuff, in my purse. But I don't know why they charged it with... But nothing me. with, like, the weed or anything no. like that? Okay. Uh-huh. I was on probation for, like, three years. But that's, like, whatever. It was unsupervised. Um, but literally, we only... We didn't really miss a beat. Yeah. When I... Like, when I got out of jail, it was, like, a couple weeks later. We didn't just go from growing... We went to growing mushrooms and also extracting, which mm-hmm. is like weed concentrates, like wax dabs. Yeah. I don't know if you ever heard of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that point, we had this little house. It was still in Arizona. We were just doing like the mushrooms and stuff. We weren't growing, but we were extracting and doing the mushrooms. And we were extracting super dangerously back then. Yeah. It's called like open blasting where you run butane through like a glass tube, but it goes in the air. Okay. If you unplug something and it's a spark or somebody lights a light, your house will blow up. Okay. And we did that for years, no problem. So when you got out of prison or jail, uh-huh. um, were you hesitant at all, like going back to doing this kind of stuff? Or you were like, oh, I got off. Let's just keep going. Um. Honestly, I, like that was my job. That was my career. Right. So, you just didn't so think I twice. was like, all right, we need, we need to figure out how we're going to keep doing this. Okay. 
And um, so at the end of 2013, so like we stayed with his parents for a little bit too. And that was not good. But um, at the end of 2013, because I got arrested in February 2013, at the end of 2013, after the court and all that, I rented my he had me rent it in my name because mm-hmm. the last one was in mikey's name mikey took the fall this one will be in your name one will never be in my name and i was like okay yeah and so the thing is i have a a, a tumor in my pituitary gland in my brain mm-hmm. but it is not a big deal i get headaches and my hormones are imbalanced like i know it sounds really bad but yeah it's not so we i went to we i got a house in this town called needles california which is literally like for half hour drive from Laughlin mm-hmm. and um it's known as like a big weed city especially because it's on the border of Arizona and Nevada easy to get in and out to mm-hmm. the dispensaries and so I got a house there it was a actual house it was in a manufactured home and um it was like four big there was like three kind of like den living room type rooms and then two bedrooms it was an all tile house. Um, the the doors were extra wide, like handicap accessible, and it was kind of an older house, but it was perfect for growing weed. Yeah, like tile floors, whatever. Mm-hmm. Perfect. And at that point, I went to Apple Valley, California, and got a because my tumor, uh, a medical medical card. Okay. It's called a doctor's recommendation, and um, I was able with that one, the particular one they gave me, I was able to possess. Um, 10 kilos okay which is 23 pounds approximately and grow 99 plants oh so you so, were able to even grow yeah they said okay i love california yeah <laughs> in that's terms crazy of weed, yeah. right and now a word from our sponsor all right guys if we're being honest here our underarms is not the only place that can develop odor and that is why lumi makes deodorant for pits privates, and beyond. Lumi was created by an OBGYN and is a uniquely formulated pH-balanced deodorant. Yes, you heard correctly, it is a whole body deodorant, meaning you can use it anywhere that you want. Lumi is more like a pre-odorant and it's formulated and powered by mandelic acid to stop odor before it even starts. Lumi has been clinically proven to block odor all day and control odor for up to 72 hours. Not to mention, Lumi has the best scents. They have lavender sage, clean tangerine, and my ultimate favorite, which is toasted coconut. Let me just tell you guys, when I first put this deodorant on, I first put it under my arms, I was shocked. Like, I'm not even just saying it. The smell, like I didn't even wear perfume that day. It radiated and it smelled like the freshest, sweetest coconut. I literally was going around to my friends, lifting my arms up, saying, smell my armpits. I smell incredible. I have turned so many people on to Lumi because it smells good and it blocks odor. Lumi is absolutely amazing for people like me who go to the gym first thing in the morning and still have a bunch of errands to run afterwards because... I don't want to go to the gym, sweat and stink, and then have to run all these errands out in public with all that sweat and stench on me. And Lumi comes in and saves the day because they have wipes, so I can literally wipe anywhere down that gets sweaty or has an odor. They have creams that you can literally put anywhere. And then they have the deodorant, which is one of my favorites because it's just the easiest to apply. But that and the wipes, they are in my car 24-7, and I'm telling you, 
I always smell fresh as can be. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code INSANE at lumideodorant.com. That equates to over 40% off your starter pack when you visit lumideodorant.com and use code INSANE. That's a $5 discount off a Lumi starter pack or over 40% off when you go to lumideodorant.com and use code INSANE. Now back to the episode. Yeah, so we started growing there. And then I also got into um, breeding boa constrictors. Very strange, I know. That's I have crazy. one right here. I actually saw, I saw, kind of saw it popping out. I was yeah. like, wait, I want to see that one. Yeah. But <laughs> was it, how was that? That's crazy. Well, my ex liked snakes. Uh-huh. And he was like, oh. Like, and then we, we started with corn snakes. Okay. And they were really lame. They're like always flighty and right. just lame. And then we did leopard geckos, like the super giant ones. Mm-hmm. That was fun. We had like relatives of like the world's biggest yeah. ones and stuff. They were so beautiful. They like fit right here. That's crazy. But the boa constrictors, I really, I actually really did like them. And we would breed like high end ones. You could yeah. sell for thousands of dollars. That's wild. And so that was a perfect, legit cover. Right. And um, yeah, it was my thing though. The bows, I was the face of it. It was all me. And my ex liked to take credit for everything. So I don't know why he did that. But I was I was more personable on like Facebook and social media because our business was all on there. Right. Now you can't sell snakes and shit on Facebook. Yeah. Um, I don't think you can even ship reptiles as much as you used to be able to. Right. Yeah. Um, the laws like changed. That's one of the reasons why like I got out of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I did that for a couple years. Um, my brand was called Counterculture Constrictors. That is and, so. Like, that's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I loved it. And um, but so that was kind of like of the front yeah. of everything. Okay. Yeah. But it was a lot of work. I'm sure. And I also, I had like 45 at one point. And I also, at this point, started doing trips to California to pick up weed. Okay. Because what we were growing wasn't enough. Mm-hmm. So I would go and I would go pick up snakes too. We had heated seats in the car. Like it was perfect. Yeah. So the business was doing well. Yes. Um, and we got into fishing too. Um, that's actually the first thing that like put i think my ex on the map with the irs maybe because mm-hmm. we paid cash for a brand new boat yeah so i think that's when like i think that the irs started like more monitoring right everything but um yeah we got a boat got into fishing my ex ended up moving my boyfriend at the time mm-hmm. ended up moving to vegas because we were in the needles house for a while he ended up like moving full-time to vegas i think in like 2017 okay and he he basically said, like, oh, well, if you sell all your snakes, like, you can come with me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, um, okay. Um, why? Like, why can't right. they come? Whatever. And I don't even remember what he said. I could tell he just did not want me to come. Mm-hmm. And so I knew I wouldn't be able to sell the snakes all quick like that, whatever. So I actually moved back into my childhood home in Laughlin. Okay. Because my parents wanted to sell it. Okay. And I was like, I don't, I don't so want So you were going to be living it. there alone? Yeah. Okay. So I was living there alone and we were fishing a lot going, I would go to Vegas a lot. And, um, there's a bait and tackle shop in town in Bullhead. It was called Hillbillies Bait and Tackle. And, um, basically the guy got sick 
and he got a hold of me and my boyfriend. He was like a character. He was like a big country dude from like Tennessee. He had like mm-hmm. one googly eye, and yeah, it was, he was a character. But he was like, "Hey, like I'm sick. My wife says like, like I I need to stay home. Like, would you guys be interested in buying the shop?" Mm-hmm. And um, my ex was like, "Sure, yeah," but. I was going to buy the shop. Me. Like, everything mm-hmm. was going to be in my name. And I didn't really know why he wanted to do that. But I was like, okay, whatever. I think he just didn't want to deal with um, getting the business license. Yeah. And setting up all the taxes and all that stuff. Because he w- he moved to Vegas um, to start a CBD company with his friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I was doing the shop, you know. It was fun, but at some points it was really difficult to be a woman in a male dominant, you know, business, yeah. hobby, whatever. Um, and where was the sh- was the shop in, in Bullhead City, okay. right across the river in Arizona? Okay. And so, oh, when we lived in Needles, by the way, like when I was doing those trips to California, mm-hmm. my ex was cheating on me. Yeah. With like. Because he was a virgin when I met him. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm not shocked that he would cheat. I know that sounds fucked up. Yeah. But he was cheating on me with, like, um, like prostitutes and stuff. And I'm, like, I don't know. How like, did you – did you just, like – did you find out? He got out a new or? phone. Okay. And I picked up his phone. And there was, like, hey, this is so-and-so from Backpage. Blah, blah, yeah. Blah. Yeah. And so, like, at that point, like, in my head, I was, like, okay, I'm literally mm. – for the most part, just in this now as, like, my this is my career right. now. But I, I love really hard. So, yeah. like, I I honestly, like, looking back, I was never in love with him. But I loved the life that he gave, helped me get because I came from, like, like nothing, right. you know? And I was going to say, too, it, it probably gave you a sense of, like, security. Like, knowing, yes. like, I have him here now. Yeah. You know what I mean? To, like, lean on in a way. Yeah. Yeah, after I got the shop and he was in Vegas and all the time, I knew he just started doing his own thing because I would go to, like, his condo and find girl clothes. Yeah. And just pieces of weave in the trash can, dark-ass makeup wipes. That's not me. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's Vegas, you know. That right. shit's everywhere accessible. His All his friends, they weren't faithful to their girls. They were doing whatever they wanted. So he just hopped right into that. And, um, but yeah. And then once he, I had my shop, like I definitely, he was there. He would come visit. People thought he was the owner, you know, I just ran the place, whatever. And, um, yeah, it was cool. You know, I really liked having the shop, but like I said, there was a few difficult situations. Um, I had to start carrying a gun because I used to breed, um, we, when we got the shop, I'm sorry, I left this out. We, I got out of breeding snakes. I sold them when I, basically right around when I got the shop. Okay. And then we started breeding um, micro-American bullies, mm-hmm. like the cute little baby yeah. puppies. And so, like, when I would have them at the shop, like, there's a lot of tweakers in Bullhead. Like, people just off meth or whatever. Yeah. And um, there's a couple times where, like, I could tell people were trying to, like, they wanted to take yeah. my dogs and shit and so i started carrying a gun and all that and right because it was just you there a lot you yeah said, right um and one of the main reasons too i also wanted to start carrying a gun was because um 
I was actually sexually assaulted by, while I owned my shop by a customer. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, like I was fishing with my friends. Um, they're actually, they live in Pennsylvania now, but like close to here. But yeah. I was fishing with them. It was uh, my friend and her um, boyfriend and their daughter. And we're fishing at the lake and this dude was like, I told him, I always tell people like, oh, where I'm going to be fishing if like we are okay with other people coming, whatever. Yeah. So this guy was like, okay, well, I'm going to come. He came into my shop literally just to be by fishing line and he wasn't weird or anything. He was just normal. You know, he wasn't trying to flirt with me or anything like that. And I freaking left out. I got weight loss surgery mm-hmm. the day before I bought my shop. Okay. I used to be 350 pounds, like... Uh, I got that weight loss surgery, got the shop, and just, like, everything in life started going really fast after yeah. that. But anyways, the we were fishing at the lake, and this guy came. You know, I remember that day I caught my biggest largemouth ever. Like, it was a good day. Yeah. And then we were leaving the lake, and um, I was like, I'm going to go to the river and hit Davis Dam. It's like, really good fishing. And my friends were like, oh, we're going to go home. I was like, oh, it's fine. Like, I'm going to go by myself. And then the dude was like, oh, I'll come. And I was like, all right, he's been fishing with us already, yeah. whatever. So we're down there fishing. We use lures, not bait. Mm-hmm. So just cast reel, cast reel. And this dude just like getting closer and closer to me while I'm fishing. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And then he started touching me, like hand down the back, ass, and pulling me close. And I'm like, no. I literally was fully clothed. I had my phone in my pocket, my $300 fishing setup. I jumped in the river to get away from him. Literally. He didn't give a shit. He got in that river and pulled me right out. And like, I was like kind of, I wasn't, I didn't lose a bunch of weight by then. I was still probably like 250 or whatever, but this dude was like strong. Yeah. And yeah, it was like he was like trying to kiss me and all types of weird shit filling up on me and i was just like trying to push him away at one point i was like just grab your lure and like his face with the hooks like right but like i was it was weird because like i wasn't fighting as much as i wanted to like i was really like just like kind of frozen and nothing happened besides him like trying to kiss me but he like was trying to pull his pants down and like oh do this blah 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 so like I didn't tell anybody about that. I was like, okay, that was fucking terrible. Yeah. I didn't even go fishing for a long time after that. Right. It's traumatic. Yeah. But this dude kept coming around. Okay. And he like insinuated like, oh, I'll tell your dude like that. Like, I'll tell him like we hooked up and we're having sex and all that. I'm like, but we're not. Yeah. And like, it was like a long time. Eventually he raped me. And it turns out he also raped, like, a trans person in our area. But it's weird because this guy is, like, Middle Eastern, super, like, he would drink and talk shit about gay people, all derogatory and all that. But then he ends up, like, raping a a man that was in the process of turning to a woman. I don't know. This dude had major problems. Yeah. Did you end up telling anybody about it or? Not in the moment, no. Okay. But um, I started carrying a gun. Mm Mm-hmm. And just kind of, like, at that point, like, he was even fishing with my boyfriend, like, on our boat and stuff. Like, he was just, like, next level manipulative, threatening, just, he was scary. Yeah. I was going to say, he probably felt trapped, too. Yes. And he had, like, a, like, a freaking German shepherd that was kind of scary and, like, a lot of guns. And it was just bad. 
like i eventually started carrying a gun like eventually started telling this dude like i don't even give a fuck if you tell my boyfriend leave me Mm -hmm. the fuck alone stop coming around yeah and like i started hanging around um like um and this guy was like into like producing music and stuff and i started hanging around like um his cousin who introduced me to my boyfriend's cousin um and he was like underage he's like a little soundcloud rapper whatever and once i started hanging out with them because one of those kids like knew that guy yeah and was like oh he's a fucking weirdo blah 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 and so once i started hanging out with those kids who kind of knew about him he started leaving me alone okay and um but yeah i i grew up with my boyfriend's cousin and then um later on his little brother his other cousin introduced me to him okay um I remember they I got this bandana made for his cousin with his little SoundCloud rapper name on it and he was going to come to my bait and tackle shop to pick it up. Yeah. And he walks in with my boyfriend and he had on like a t-shirt and like swim shorts or something like basic with like some like super old Jordans. I was like oh, like and like enamored. Uh-huh. I was like this guy is like beautiful mm-hmm. like and I'm not, like, a, I don't really go off, like, physical, you yeah. know? And I was, like, first of all, I don't even know how old this dude is. Like, right. I need to chill out. Like, his cousin's That's 16. Funny. Like, what the heck? So, um, he had just gotten out of prison. Mm-hmm. And it's weird, because in this kid's bedroom, his cousin, there's, like, people's signatures all over the walls. Yeah. And, like, writing and stuff. And there was this one that I loved. I thought it was so cool. It was red, and it said, Skylar. His cousin, I was like, who did that? And he's like, oh, my cousin, like, he's been in prison right now, blah, blah, blah. And it was him. And so, like, when he got out, like, I was just like, wow, like, this guy's really good looking. And, mm-hmm. like, so, but I hung out with his cousin, like, like often, like, almost yeah. every day. And he was staying with his cousin, so I started hanging out with him every day. Like, literally from the day we met, with an exception of, like, a couple months, we've spent every single day together, basically. Oh, yeah. Well, in the first, like, two years, mm-hmm. like... And then um, there was one point where he was, like, um, at the at his cousin's house one day. We were just hanging out, and he was – we were drinking or whatever, and he was, like, um, can I kiss you? And I was, like, no. Like, no, I have a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Like, what the heck? And um, So at so, this point, you were still involved and in helping the other guy, right? Yeah. Okay. And, oh, I didn't even mention – when he moved to Vegas, um, God, I'm rushing way too much. You're okay. But when he moved to Vegas, he he got into the dark web. Okay. And selling on the dark web. And basically, he taught me how to do it, like encrypting messages and setting up like all the transactions and mailing all the stuff out. Yeah. And we never, well, I never accessed, like, the scary dark web. It was, right. like, the drug dark web. Okay. But it wasn't even, like, heroin and bad drug, like, drugs, drugs on there. It was mostly, like, we were part of the community that was, like, natural, you know? Like, so, during your time of, of like, basically growing and selling and mm-hmm. all that, it was weed, mushrooms. And then the concentrates, the weed concentrates. Okay, got yeah. it. And so, like... It was kind of scary, you know, because I had heard of, like, Silk Road and Dark Web stuff yeah. before. And, like, the whole process itself, it wasn't scary because it was, like, what we were doing on, like, a massive scale. Right. 
and um so like learning the encrypting messages and all that like it was actually pretty easy and i'm not savvy tech but tech savvy um but yeah we and thankfully we're doing this out of vegas yeah they have a billion post offices we started we got a label printer you know it looked like we were working for ebay or something mm-hmm. but we would take trash we had i had a we had a big truck we had a chevy cruise at the time i would fill i'd have like two big trash bags in the back and then one in the front just of the little post office boxes or bigger ones whatever size yeah put them in the mailbox drop them off but the thing is when we were doing this at home i used to walk them into the post office okay that was a little nerve-wracking yeah I'm but i did sure. it for years Mm-hmm. And I swear, I seen one post office lady sniff a box one time. She literally was like, and she looked at me and she put it in and she, I knew she knew right. ever since then. So like, I tried not to use that post office, yeah. but I did and nothing ever came of it. So were you profiting from what you were selling or he was mainly keeping all of it? Well, that's the thing is like the money was always like in his control. You know? So he was basically just making sure you were provided for. Yeah, but the way. thing is, like, if I wanted, like, a new outfit or, like, some makeup or something, it was kind of like, you don't need that. Yeah. So eventually, especially when he started cheating on me, mm-hmm. I'm fucking, what is it? Rogue, Rouge, whatever, at Sephora? Yeah. Yeah, like, sign me up. I was doing whatever I wanted. Yeah. Because I was working hard for what, you know? Right. And Were you making money when you were working at the shop? Yes. Okay. And so that's that was the, kind of like the fucked up part is, I would make money at the shop, pay my bills, pay the shop bills, pay his bills, his rent mm-hmm. in Vegas, his car insurance, all that. Sometimes I'd be like, I this is the shop money is not enough. Right. Like what the heck? So and why couldn't he pay his own stuff if he was just too lazy? Yeah. So like, mo- but most of the time he wouldn't give me money. He'd just say, "Oh, pay with the shop money." I'm like okay. And he was just basically keeping. The money from what was being sold. Mm-hmm. or And he lived lavish, too. He, yeah. And he was a big dude. So we would eat a lot, like, expensive meals. How far was he... Once he moved, how far was he from where you were and, like, where the shop um, was? Hour... Less than an hour and okay, a half. Okay, so 100 was, miles. Okay. And... But there was time... There was... Got, when I got my shop, there was, like, weeks where we wouldn't see each other and stuff. Okay. There's been a lot of people in my family that have worked for me and my ex, my boyfriend at the time. So whenever there was something that, like, I I shouldn't be doing anymore because there's something else more important or whatever, like growing, I pass it off to one of my family members. Yeah. Dark webbed, pass it off to a few family members, both sides. Um, And then when I got the shop, that's when he was like, okay, you're not going to do anything illegal anymore because the shop is our is our legal stuff. And That's people, what your boyfriend at the time said. Yeah. Okay. People used to always say, oh, they use the shop for money laundering. No. I'm surprised that even like wanted that. you to stop with the other stuff. Yeah. That surprises but me. But it's because we got other people to do it. Okay. Like, like hired replacements. Yeah. And at that point, I think he realized, like, damn, this sucks having to pay people and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, right. like, um, that's how it went. And, like, he would be salty about, like paying sometimes or just like overworking them acting like they're not doing enough he just was not a a fun person to work for yeah so when i started back to when i met my boyfriend now i would all i was hanging out with his cousin a lot and younger kids and a lot of people were like why are you hanging out with these younger kids like that's weird you're like 27 28 at the time 
And it's like, these kids, like, they don't, where's his parents, you know? Mm -hmm. And his best friend was our fishing buddy's son. And it's like, these kids need guidance, you know? Mm -hmm. The one, his cousin was on probation. So, like, I even had a program set up at my shop to where he can do his probation community service through there. Like, his probation officer would come. It was cool. Like, yeah. But then, like, we started partying. And my boyfriend well at the time he wasn't he had just got out of prison and we were just hanging out you know like at his cousin's house and stuff and i remember they were at my shop one time like helping me price tag stuff and all that and i asked um skylar my boyfriend at the time i was still with my ex but i was like um like we should hang out or something and he was like okay yeah whatever and then it was getting like later and later in that day and I was like, okay, well, obviously, we're not going to hang out, whatever. Mm-hmm. I took a shower. I, like, got in bed. And it was, like, 10. And he messaged me. He's like, hey, like, do you want to hang out? And I was like, okay. Spring, sprung out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, he had some, like, I wasn't drinking, but, like, he had a beer mm-hmm. with him and stuff. And I remember we were, like, um, looking for something to watch. And we saw, um, he saw Dazed and Confused. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, have you seen this? And I was like, no. And he's like, what? Like, you've never seen Dazed and Confused? And I was like, no. And so, like, we started watching it. And, like, I had never cheated on anybody before. Yeah. And we're, like, a little snuggly, whatever. And, yeah, like, I was with my ex at the time for, at that point, we had been together for almost seven years. Wow. And I had never cheated on him or, like, anybody else in my life. Like. And I know this is very forward, but, like, I asked him, I was like, can I suck your dick? Like, (laughs) he was kind of like, I don't think anyone's ever asked him that. And he was kind of like, yeah, like, okay. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, whatever. And um, that happened, you know, and, like, it wasn't weird or anything. Like, we were comfortable. We finished the movie, whatever. And I took him home. I was like, okay. I know he asked me, like, can I kiss you one time? But I was like this guy does not want me like mm-hmm. he just got out of like prison like he probably just wants to like get laid or whatever but he was he was like fucking bitches when he got out of prison like while i knew him from the time mm-hmm. i met him to like when we got together like i already knew of like handful of girls he got with right. you know and it was whatever because like i was in a relationship i was i didn't even get jealous or anything and yeah we're just hanging out like every day you know um I knew, like, my ex was doing whatever he wanted. Yeah. And he had told me at one point, like, the only way, like, I'll ever leave you is if you steal from me or cheat on me. And, like... Even though he was cheating on you. And um, he didn't find out about me and my boyfriend, like, until, like, I think after we broke up. Okay. But I, um, I had my nephew, which is actually my ex's brother's girlfriend's son okay um his name's robert but um he ended up moving in with me and then skylar ended up moving in with me Mm -hmm. and my ex was kind of like whatever i don't care they're helping pay the bills yeah they're these kids you know to him right these kids plus he you said your boyfriend now was doing his own thing anyway it's not like you guys were yeah okay yeah and so um but the thing is we were partying a lot okay and we were drinking, you know, doing acid, ecstasy, you know, like right. whatever. Um, 
Sipping lean, you know, just like mm-hmm. typical SoundCloud rapper vibes. You know? Yeah. And there was like a whole group of kids like that would all party all the time. Mm-hmm. They might have parents that are there, but are they really there, you know, right. like for them emotionally and all mm-hmm. that. And I felt like I did that for a lot of the kids, um, especially a lot of the girls. Yeah. And they all the girls like, oh, my God you're so pretty you're so nice like Mm because you know how a lot of girls are just bitches you know and so like i would they'd come into my my shop and we'd do each other's makeup and Mm -hmm. just like fun stuff it was it felt good to be like there for the kids one day we were me robert and skylar were at in and out i don't know Mm -hmm. if you've heard of in and out yeah (laughs) and my car like would not move like broke down and there was these this these guys in the in a truck behind us is like a like a skinny black dude and like some old mexican guy and so like the little skinny black dude hops out and he's like oh do you want me to try to help you and so he's like trying to it wasn't working mm-hmm. but he was like yeah you're fine like what are you guys up to blah, blah. and i was like oh nothing really and he's like oh for sure but he's like oh do you guys do xc and i was like yeah sure so he gave us like a little bag of like a bunch of random pills and so, like, we exchanged numbers and all that. He was from California. He was just coming out to, like, mm-hmm. hustle. And so, like, he came out again the second time. And, like, the place he was staying at, like, fell through or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, like, he was staying with me. And we had security cameras because our dogs were valuable. Right. Um, My ex probably just like to keep tabs on everything. But um, I remember I let that guy stay there. And I told him, do not go in the dining room because then he'll pop up on the cameras you know yeah because of course my ex wouldn't want a grown-ass man staying there right and so this guy was like trying hard to like get with me or whatever meanwhile i feel like i'm already starting to fall in love with skylar no Mm -hmm. cap even though we're not even like we were hooking up here and there and but we were still very much like doing our own thing right and in my mind i was like like to me, my boyfriend, like, he's, like, on a pedestal to mm-hmm. me. Like, he's, like, so attractive physically and just, like, everything about him. Like, who he is, his heart and soul. So, like, I at that point knew, like, he was different. And, like, like it was scary, though. I was like, I, I can't. Like, I'll right. get fucking crushed. Like, I can't. Yeah. And so um, I knew I didn't want to be with my ex anymore. And so I was like, okay steal from him or cheat on him yeah (laughs) i'm not a thief Mm -hmm. so this the dude that was staying there like he had like dropped hints here and there that like he knew who my ex or who my boyfriend at the time was which is like whatever you know because like the the drug scene kind of all mixes together even though it's like we do weed and he's on ecstasy like people we know know each other you know so but i wasn't like it's like not hooking up with that dude or anything mm-hmm. but then like yeah i was like okay i'm not gonna steal from my boyfriend at the time like i'm gonna hook up with this guy because i know he will find out yeah so like we hooked up or whatever sure as shit like a few it's like a week later a week and a half my ex tells me he's like oh oh sorry during okay. that time like before that guy came back and was staying from California, was staying at my house, my nephew Robert got shot. My 
boyfriend at the time his reason or excuse like he was like i don't want anything to happen to the dogs i don't want to breeding the, the dog yeah okay so he came and we only had a couple puppies left because we had sold them all we have puppies like in kuwait and stuff yeah. like it's really cool i miss it but um he came and he got all the dogs but the thing is i wasn't there because when he's like i'm on my way down i told the dude I was like, all right, I got to take you somewhere. Yeah. Like, you want me to drop you at the train station? Like, you got to go. Mm-hmm. So, like, I dropped him off in Bullhead somewhere or whatever. But my ex came to the house and took all the dogs while I was gone. And then I went back to the house and I was like, what the hell? Yeah. Like, you didn't even, like, wait for me to get there or anything. Like, it was really weird. Then he was, uh, I was like, I wanted to see you at least. Like, mm-hmm. That, that was my boyfriend you know like i hadn't seen him a long time i felt like i needed to see him whatever because he was in town right and so he was like um well if you really want to see me come to princess's condo or whatever mm-hmm. this guy we call him princess mm-hmm. so like i went over there and um he didn't want to hug really he gave me like a little i was like what the yeah. fuck um i didn't after like he didn't want to hug i wasn't gonna be like can i have a kiss you know it's right. just kind of like weird whatever and he was just kind of like, yeah, I, I got to get back to Vegas. Like, I got to, like, I got to go. Like, just very, like, he was dismissive. He didn't even want to see me. He just wanted to get back. When he got back up there, he FaceTimed me and he was, like, crying and shit. And he was like, I know what you did. We're done. Mm-hmm. You're going to sign the shop and everything over to me or you can run it and I'll pay you minimum wage. Like, all types of shit. And, like, I made it clear at the time. Like, I was, I remember I was in the bathroom on FaceTime. Like, you did this. Right. Like, as, like, obviously I was responsible for, like, hooking up with the guy or whatever. But I want to be, like, how long did you expect me to just, like, take your shit? Right. Because, like, at this point it was almost eight years. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, and I even, like, unloaded on him. Like, I got fucking assaulted at the shop and, like, you weren't there to protect me and, like, it was just like all the shit. In my it head. all like came yeah. out at once, yeah. And I guess the guy that I hooked up with, he told my ex, he was like, "Um, you need to be worried about that. The guy with the long hair that lives with her. There's something there. Like there's something going on there. Mm-hmm. At the time, I was like madly in love with him. Right. And I guess everybody just knew mm-hmm. or saw, I don't know. But he ended up freaking telling his cousin that was like my little best friend the 16 yeah. year old he ended up telling him like oh yeah they called me bait or bait lady you know like oh yeah bait gave me head or whatever I'm like, bruh yeah before like he the guy came and broke up with me like the kid used to always throw it in my face He's like i'm gonna tell i'm gonna tell blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. and so like once we broke up or whatever i didn't want to be in a relationship i was like no mm-hmm. i'm good i didn't think my boyfriend now i didn't think that he would ever want to like be in a relationship with me for some reason i felt like i like he was out of my league yeah but everybody like because people are like they're just like cold you know and people have told me like why do you even fuck with him blah 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 because he's like younger you know he's Mm -hmm. had like a a different life you know and even to this like my friend that i had in pennsylvania like i don't even talk to her anymore because she would talk shit about my boyfriend. She didn't even know him, you know? Yeah. So, like, oh, like I don't know. I just felt like I didn't want to be in a relationship at all. And, but I knew, like, I at the I already knew I was in love with him. Mm-hmm. And I was like, there's no way he would, like, be in love with me back. Like, 
right. not. So, like, we were just hooking up or whatever. And then I got a job at this pizza place, like, right behind my house. So, were you out of all the other stuff at this point? Or yeah. Were you st- okay. Yeah. Um, and did you end up giving the shop over to him? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he even said, like, at one point, he was like, oh, I was setting you up for success. Like, that shop was all you. Like, basically saying that he was setting me up with a good life because he was going to, like, leave me or whatever. Yeah. Or something like that. And I'm like, so if that was the truth, then why did you tell me that you want the shop or you'll pay me minimum wage right. or whatever? You should just cut your losses and call On it a On a positive day. note, though, at least it wasn't, like, something that you couldn't get out of. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you were completely trapped in it yeah. with or without him kind of thing. You yeah. Know? I had a lot of his... Not all of his Bitcoin, but I had a lot of his Bitcoin um, on my BitPay card. And so, like, I would go, like, eventually I got him all his money back. But, like, I could have screwed him over. Yeah. I could have took so much of his money. I could have ratted him out. I could have done so much stuff. But that's, like, not in me. Mm -hmm. But I feel like when we broke up, he made me seem like that to other people. Yeah. And so a lot of people do that out of spite and anger. Yeah, oh, I was this hoe while he was in Vegas. Oh, never brought up once that he was cheating on me Mm -hmm. for like Or like the weeks that he was just gone. Yeah. Yeah. And I would call him when he was in Vegas. He wouldn't answer. Mm -hmm. I would track him with the My Chevrolet app and it straight up would know he would be going to like fuck bitches. Yeah. Like I pulled up a couple times, like literally five minutes after he left type shit. Mm -hmm. Like... Like, I was, like, not that I was crazy because, like, I was so in love with him. Because, like I said, I was never, like, in love with him. But it was a fucking embarrassing. Yeah. Like, you're just running around doing whatever you want and all your homies know that. And then I go into the office up there and everybody smiles at me in my face and, like. Yeah. No. Well, also, like I said, too, it's, like, I feel like he was more than just. I feel like the boyfriend was the label part. But you had more, like, I feel like maybe some sorts of dependency on him for other things you know what i mean so i think it comes from that yeah um and there had been a couple points in the relationship where like things got physical yeah and i'm not i'm not innocent like when i saw that show on his phone i started throwing stuff at Mm -hmm. him it wasn't all me but there was points in our relationship where like he got triggered and just would like beat on me Mm -hmm. i remember one time this glass thing rolled off the counter that we're using to extract and i guess he thought that i threw it or something because we had been arguing and this thing just rolled off the counter and it shattered and he thought that i threw it because i was mad Mm -hmm. at me and i was he just came at me and i was like no 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 like it rolled Mm -hmm. he didn't care he fucking threw me down that glass was beating my ass in the glass and then dragged me to the living room was fucking choking me like Things weren't always, like, what it seemed, you know? Right. Like, everybody thought we had, like, a normal, grown-ass relationship. Everything was good, but mm-hmm. no. Nah. That had happened, like, years in the past, and we had still stayed together for years. Yeah. But it's like, you don't forget shit like that. No, definitely not. So, yeah, we, um, at that point, I, after we broke up, I went to the pizza place. Literally, I hopped my brick wall, and there's a pizza place behind my house at the time. So, I went in there, and, um... They had just gotten new owners, and it was, like, a woman. And I had told her, like, I just got out of this relationship. Like, I really need a job. Mm-hmm. Um, I was – I think I might have been selling a little bit of weed. Okay. At that point, maybe. Just, like, on your own? Yeah. Okay. Like, small on the streets. And um, 
Yeah, somebody told my ex that the kids were selling like drugs, drugs out of my shop and shit. Like, no, no, that mm-hmm. never happened. But yeah, I went to the pizza place and I got a job there. And it was weird because um, my ex broke up with me a day before my boyfriend now's birthday. Really? Yeah. And I remember like, I wasn't even sad. Like, I was like relieved. You right. Know? Like, we Just went to, to Vegas. Off his yeah. And for his birthday, like, went to Vegas and went shopping um he got sick as shit because like he had taken like some pills and then he drank and he didn't Mm -hmm. eat nothing it was bad but it wasn't i wasn't even like sad or anything from that breakup but i was very traumatized i'm sure like trust issues even now like and he's like the best like my Mm -hmm. boyfriend now he's like there was shit when we first started dating but it's like what like on the phone and stuff and we got off social media and all that together and like it's just like changed our relationship for the better i'm sure but yeah at the time i told like i don't want a relationship whatever and i started working at this pizza place and then i met this guy at the pizza place who was the owner's friend and he like came into town to help him do some mm-hmm. remodel or something he was delivering pizzas or whatever and he was like a short guy just like a basic cookie cutter guy he wasn't like super attractive or anything Mm -hmm. um but you could tell he was like really interested in me and he was nice you know so and he needed a place to stay he at some point he was sleeping in the truck behind the pizza shop Mm -hmm. and i was like what the hell like yeah my house is right there like you wanna i told i even told him i was like you can stay for a couple months you don't have to give me nothing and just to like get back on your feet or whatever and so at that point um after my nephew got shot, like, a little while later, um, SWAT surrounded our house and took him, and he was in jail for a while. Because of the whole shooting thing? And unrelated. Okay. I think it was another... I can't even remember, honestly, but I think it was something to do with another shooting Okay. that he was involved in. I don't even know why. I think it was just because he was nice. Mm-hmm. I ended up hooking up with that guy, too. And, like, they both kind of knew, but I knew my boyfriend did not like it. Yeah. Like, no. But at the time, like, we were we were all single, whatever. Doing your own thing. And um, this guy had to go, like, across the country for some reason to, like, drive a truck back or something. And I ended up taking a pregnancy test because, like, I was, like, late or whatever. And I've been pregnant before the one time, right. like I said. And I just knew. Like, I could just feel like feel I knew same thing this time so I took a test it was confirmed at this point I'm getting older mm-hmm. and I'm like I really want kids yeah I see everybody else have kids with random motherfuckers like I really want a baby you know so I was like okay he was out of town whatever um I can't remember if I told him when he got back or when he was out there but I remember that day that I took the test, I worked late that night and I was tripping. Yeah. Because I had to tell my boyfriend now. But like I brought him a sandwich and I was like, um, I have to tell you something like I'm pregnant. And he's like, OK. And I was like, and I know it's not yours because like we hadn't been hooking up as much or like he pulled out or something. I just knew it, it wasn't his. And he was like, I don't care. He's like, I want to be with you. He was like, I'll help you raise it. Like, it doesn't matter. And I was like, no. Like, no, that's not going to happen. And he was like, 
very upset. He was crying. Um, he was like, I'm going to fucking leave or whatever. So he left. And um, I told him, do not, if you want to come get your shit or whatever, do not bring anybody to my house. Don't get a ride here or nothing. Like, don't. Because at that point, I had been, people knew where I lived and I was like paranoid and stuff. I know a lot of it was paranoia at that point, but that's when people started like really paying attention to me. Yeah. Kind of like, she doing the damn thing by herself. Like, mm-hmm. kind of like want a piece of her pie, like to hang around, like, because I'm generous or gracious, whatever. Um, So I told him, I was like, I don't want anyone around the house don't come and so he came at some point when i think i was at work or something but i saw on the security camera to grab something or whatever and i told him don't don't come back to the house ever again like don't and his stuff was there for a while and we didn't talk like we weren't talking i think he messaged me like one time and was like stop thinking about me like i can feel it because we're very like especially him like his intuition mm-hmm. and like he's very tapped in to like yeah the universe it feels like but he was like really upset like don't fucking think about me don't ever try to get a hold of me and like i wasn't at the time but i was alone because this the dude that got me pregnant like went to california like went back to california where he was from to like work did you keep the baby did you decide to keep the baby yeah i decided i wanted to keep it and then i that dude was always gone and like he would come back on the weekends but it got to some points where he wouldn't even come back on the weekends but you said you did call him and tell him right well he came back okay i don't remember if i told him while he was back okay, east or when he got, got home but he was like oh i'm gonna go back to california i'm gonna have a good job we're gonna be good okay and so he was fine with it though yeah he was okay. happy he was like excited okay. because he knew i was a prize and he was right. like, yeah like, mm-hmm. you could tell he didn't he wasn't like dating or anything and like right he in his mind he was like okay this is gonna be my wife we're Mm -hmm. gonna have a good life all this stuff but yeah i got to the point where like he wouldn't even come back on the weekends yeah just hang out there with his friends and drink or whatever and he was older he was like in his 30s and like i knew i didn't love him or anything like right he was like a nice guy whatever but um yeah i was very very just so beyond sad Mm -hmm. the whole time because I miss Skylar. And um, at one point, I put all his shit, like, in my mom's truck and dropped it off at, like, some random, like, not trap house, but, like, some house that he had been, like, staying at or whatever. I didn't see him or anything. I just left it. Yeah, so that guy was never there. I was just really sad. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, like, eating right. Like, I wouldn't really eat. I would be like, oh, shit, I didn't eat today. Whoops. And, like... I'm pregnant you know yeah and so um around like 10 weeks I started bleeding mm-hmm. and like I was at work and the lady I worked for she was like she would she didn't take it easy on me because I was pregnant like she would have me pick up like 40 pound boxes and stuff and she's like I did all this when I was pregnant blah 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 and so like I didn't think I was like okay like I can do all this stuff and so like I ended up bleeding but, like, it was getting heavier and heavier. And by the end of the night, like, I told these two ladies I worked with. And they were like, you need to go to the hospital. And so my mom took me to the hospital. And they were like, yeah, there's no baby anymore. Like, mm-hmm. it's gone. There's no heartbeat. There's nothing. And so I was sad because I really wanted a baby. 
But at the same time, like, okay, I don't have to deal with this dude anymore. Right. So I told him, I was like, um, yeah, like I had a miscarriage or whatever. So then he comes back, of course. Just being all lovey. It's okay. Everything's going to be fine. He thinks that we're going to be together and stuff. And I told him, like, I don't want, sorry, dude, but I just was like, like not pretending, but like I was oh, going along with this because we're, we're going to have a baby. Like, I really don't love you you're never around here anyway i don't feel like i'm missing something when you're not around and like dude was heartbroken yeah because he thought he's like oh he's like mid-30s he's like mm-hmm. okay i'm finally gonna do what you're supposed to and whatever it's gonna be fine and yeah so um i we slept like the beginning of january like he left and never came back and then <clears throat> i like that at some point, somebody told me, um, I don't remember who it was, and it was a guy, so I thought he was just being a hater. Yeah. But he was like, um, you know Sky's a heroin addict now? And I was like, I don't know if I believe that. Mm-hmm. Whatever. And then... um. I don't even remember if, if he he told me himself or what, but he messaged me and was like, hey, like, I need a place to stay. Like, it's not going good over here. I guess um, somebody, something to do with, like, some, I don't remember, but somebody was, like, um, owed money or okay. something, and, like, the whole house got dragged into yeah. it or whatever. And so he was like, yeah, I can't be here. Like, I need somewhere to go. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I'm like, yeah, he's coming yeah. back. Mm-hmm. And, like, he brought his best friend, too. And he, yeah, he told me straight up, like, I'm addicted to heroin now. And he brought, like, a good amount with him. And I was like, no, you you smoke it outside, whatever. But And he was like, when this is gone, like, I'm going to quit. And so I was like, okay, whatever. So he would go outside smoke it whatever it was finally it was gone and he stayed sober for i don't even remember exactly but i want to say it was somewhere like a month mm-hmm. and then started smoking again and um i at this point was like okay well i'm not the type of person especially because like in my past the person that loved like the most like she got involved in drugs yeah doesn't make somebody a bad person and um when he moved back into like i told him again i don't want to be in a relationship like nah but we were automatically sleeping in the same bed every night like Mm -hmm. um but yeah he was just like addicted to heroin and i had seen a couple times like when he was like withdrawing you know and at that point i was like okay I never dealt with any type of heroin use or anything like that before. And I was pretty sure that if he stopped, he was going to die. Yeah. So, like, I didn't want him to stop like that, you know, mm-hmm. just, like, try to stop anymore. Yeah, he was just, like, smoking heroin. Like, before when he was there, he didn't. Like, you know what yeah. I mean? And I was just like, okay, like, this is who he is now. And, like, 
it didn't change him as a person. I just knew it was not good. And I obviously yeah. like didn't want him to be doing that, but I was okay with it because I didn't want him to like die, you know? Mm-hmm. And this was like the beginning of COVID, like right before COVID, because everything got shut down where we were at, like the mm-hmm. casinos and everything in March. And he came back at like the end of January. Okay. And so I had been working as a cashier at the casino and excuse me i was able to pay like the rent whatever him and his friend weren't working and like i didn't that shit didn't bother me i know most people would be like you need to work you need to contribute i was like whatever i was always used to doing everything by myself basically and when he was working before like he would help you know so i just in my mind it's like he can't Mm -hmm. because he's an addict you know he what he has he has to buy his drugs you know and so, like, during COVID, like, when they shut it down, um, I was tripping. Like, it got shut down a day before my birthday. Mm-hmm. My mom took me grocery shopping for my birthday. Like, that's how scary it was. Mm-hmm. And thankfully, the place I the place I worked at, they gave us um, a furlough check. Basically, like, good luck. Yeah. We don't know how, what's going on in the world, but, like, here yeah. you go. I had that, but it was, like, uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then... I had gotten into car accidents like years before, probably mm-hmm. like two years before that. Both of them were not my fault. Both of them were caused by like super old guys. Mm-hmm. One, the second guy died on impact and he was suicidal because his wife had just died. Mm-hmm. So um, my lawyer at the time that was working all on that, he was good friends with my ex. Mm-hmm. So once we broke up, like I kind of was just like, nothing's ever going to come of that. Like a week after the COVID shutdown, he um calls me so i have a check for you and your lawyer or the ex? the lawyer okay he said from the accident the first okay. accident yeah. and um i'm like okay he's like you can come pick it up it was almost twenty thousand dollars wow yeah i was like mm-hmm. god's looking out for me yeah. like covid just hit and i get 20 grand like, right and then um so I put it in the bank, you know, everything was kind of shut down. So we we're just kind of chilling. Mm-hmm. And then my lawyer hits me up. I got another check for you from the other accident. I'm like, okay, this one's like 25 grand. So at that point I have this money and I'm like, okay, we're good through COVID. We're not going to struggle. Yeah. You know, I even help, I was able to help other people get through COVID and, um, yeah, we so I remember I got a car like um a couple weeks later. It was the 2019 Nissan what the heck was it? Sentra or something. Mm-hmm. And um I got it because it like my ex told me always get cars that look like everybody else's yeah. cars. Mm-hmm. Like I've been like a criminal my whole adult life, so I'm like, okay, get a car that blends in. So, like, a normal-looking car, and then we were like, okay, let's travel, you know? Mm-hmm. No one's working. Right. So, for 420, we went up to, like, the Redwood floor- Forest and, like, had a great time, like, exploring and stuff. And then um, I started selling because I had the money to invest to make more money, you know? I was mm-hmm. – I already knew how shit worked by then. So, um, I started selling weed and I started selling wax 
and even i even started selling puff bars do you, you guys don't have them out here you know what that what is, is that? it's like um little disposable vapes okay. and like nicotine vapes so they taste like fruit or cocktails okay. or like whatever but i started selling those too and um <laughs> my um customer base or whatever was like all over the place like in terms of like demographic and mm-hmm. age and all that um and then the kids got me i had already had a snapchat but the kids had got me into like having a lot of people on snapchat and i was known as like bait lady or whatever and um so i was like you know what? i'm gonna start selling on snapchat see how it goes yeah it blew up it was like good and so like not only did i have like the settlements but then i started getting more money from hustling and all that and in my life growing up like I I didn't really have like many haters you know mm-hmm. like in terms of like after I graduated people kind of were just like oh Christina's doing her own thing you know yeah. she's doing well for herself if anything people were like yeah good for you you know and then but once I broke up with my ex who's like had a shit put together seemed like a yeah. stand-up guy he was older than me and all that um but let me backtrack a little bit during covid like i remember right after the covid shutdown is before i got the the settlements it's like i had um seen him my boyfriend now refer to me as um his roommate Mm -hmm. which that's what i was you know but that shit hit me like in a spot that i did not like i was yeah. like i don't like this shit like mm-hmm. i know i told you i don't want a relationship but like this isn't cool like we're mm-hmm. more than this now and so that's when we're like okay well we're we're together now so they, that's when you guys kind of decided to yeah. be together okay and so that was um march 28 2020 and it's crazy because march 28th 2018 now that i think about it, that's the day i bought my shop yeah so i don't know today i guess Mm -hmm. but um so like we decided we're gonna be together whatever i was selling we were traveling during covid um his cousin that i was really close with he got out of juvie because he was in juvie for a while and then he was doing better we weren't really like partying and stuff we were smoking a lot of weed you know hustling but he saw the life that his cousin had now with me and he he's like the number one hater to begin with mm-hmm. and that's when you but, were close with though right for a while yeah okay but he just turned into a hater because mm-hmm. at that like when he went away me and his cousin we weren't together you know right. and when he got out we were all about each other like in a serious relationship yeah. and everything and things weren't kind of how they were before mm-hmm. and i know he was jealous of right. skylar not in like a romantic way but in a like she takes good care of him She's good to him. She loves him, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, we we fell off with him just because he was, like, a hater. To this day, we still don't talk to him. Like, a couple weeks ago, he was like, oh, I want to get a hold of this guy. Christina. And we're just like, nah. Yeah. But the haters came pouring in when everyone was struggling during COVID, and we were, like, balling, you mm-hmm. know? We were buying gold. We were traveling, getting our – just, like – getting our thing on having a good time shopping like there's nothing to do during covid yeah and so we had the means and we're hustling so we just that's when everybody was like oh like we can't even fucking eat and you're fucking got all this new shit and um 
but me the type of person I am like I'm very generous so when I was selling like I would hook people up I would see like during COVID was really bad you'd see like tweakers struggling like in the streets and stuff I'd pull up like hey do you want a dab like you need it so like people knew me as like a cool person so that's why it always just was not fair to me how I got so many haters because yeah. I'm not like I know people are like I don't deserve the hate. I really did not deserve mm-hmm. that. But that summer, I decided I need to like further invest in myself. So I decided to um, go to beauty school mm-hmm. for nail technology. That was a whole other can of worms in itself. Um, my nail lady told me she's like, "Be careful! Like when you go to school, like people are fucking catty." Mm-hmm all a bunch of bitchy girls everything's in competition blah 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 um I had to deal with that a little bit but I had to deal with guys as well mm-hmm. just that weren't good yeah. like that were in relationships didn't care that I was a relationship tried to hit me like all types of shit yeah. and so like that like environment like I had fun because I, when I was doing like the nails and stuff but like um a lot of the relationships with the people there were like business like I sold them wax and stuff but I mean I get, I hung out with a few like the people that we started with you know that started with me there's like five of us but yeah I went to the nail school and then I was working at McDonald's and I liked it. So, like, at the time, it was the number one McDonald's in Arizona, like, in terms of busyness and all that. And um, I was a drive through girl. I really liked it. I would work overnights where it would be just me, a manager, and a kitchen person. And it got a little scary, you know. It was like, you see a lot of drug deals and stuff go on. Um, there would be, like, a lot of homeless people hanging around. But, you know, it was whatever. At night, it was, like, a little scary, but thankfully, like, I had guys there with me. And then um, I decided, because I'm a hustler, to hop on the OnlyFans train. I decided to wear a little badge by my name badge at work with my OnlyFans thing on it. Creative. Bad mistake. Yeah. Um, Really bad mistake. Like, people started showing up at my work, mm-hmm. and it wasn't, like... It wasn't anyone I've ever seen before or anyone, like, the type of person I would expect. I remember one time I came and there was, like, this sweaty, like, 55-year-old dude in, like, khakis. Like, I guess he had been outside for a while because there was, like, three dudes that I worked with standing outside. And he, like, came over and he was, like, looking at me. And he's like, does anybody know where I could get any dabs at? Like, everybody knew that, like everyone at mcdonald's we constantly stay stoned i kept all my stuff in my car like it was a thing yeah. like i smoked people out whatever the one guy was like there's a dispensary like right across the river and then he's like oh can someone give me a ride and he looks at me because i just got in my car he's like can you give me a ride and he like kind of steps towards me and i'm like no like i just got to work mm-hmm. and he was like um you couldn't just take me real quick. Like, he really wanted to, like, get in my car and us just go off somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no. I was like, you're being really weird. Mm-hmm. Like, just like that. And he ran into the ba- – like, inside the store and went into the bathroom. I don't know. He was in there for, like, 10 minutes, and then he just came out all quick and left. 
but it was fucking weird. Yeah. And the whole time he was there, it was like, I almost wanted to like call the cops, but it's like, he didn't do anything wrong. Mm -hmm. So, and it was just, it felt, and I, one of the kids, cause it was like two older guys that were out there and a younger guy. And the younger guy told me straight up, he's like, I think that guy knows about you and he was trying to like abduct you. Yeah. And like, cause I had thought that in my head, but I wasn't going to say that. I'm not that Mm -hmm. self-centered. Right. But that kid straight was like, I know that's what was Mm -hmm. like going on. (sighs) You know, girls don't like when their boyfriends follow girls on OnlyFans and subscribe and all that. So it's like all my girlfriends started not liking me. Yeah. And... A couple of them told me, like, my boyfriend subscribed to your OnlyFans, blah, blah, blah. And the thing about my OnlyFans is, like, there was never any nudity, any mm-hmm. sexual things. I'd be, like, in my underwear. Yeah. And um, that guy that, like, assaulted me when I had the shop, he ended up fucking tracking down my OnlyFans and, like, buying everything and then getting everything refunded because it's not what he wanted to see. He was expecting something else. I don't know. But, like, it was, I don't know. It was, like, at first, I was, like, okay, like, I make some money off this. I only made, like, I didn't have it that long. Mm -hmm. But everybody thought, like, I got a lot of money off it. I only made, like, a few hundred before I was, like, screw this. I don't, no, it's too weird. Mm -hmm. But, like, um, I kind of made myself a target at that job by doing that. And it was just too much. Right around that time, too. I put myself in the position for this to happen, but I did obviously I didn't want it to happen. Mm-hmm. Like kind of something happened with one of the guys I was going to school with. Obviously I was not down for it, but I was like the position I was in, I was scared and I was like like kind of just like let it happen. And when it after it happened, like the only thought in my head always since then was like I need to tell this guy this happened. Just cuz I felt like I needed to tell somebody and I wanted him to know like that's not something I wanted, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But I didn't tell anybody about that. Pretty much, like, stopped giving him rides, stopped just yeah. being around just him, you know? He, like, a couple months later, he decided to tell one of the girls at school. And she had already not liked me. I don't know. It was weird because we were really close at first. But she just slowly started turning into a hater. Mm-hmm. As girls do. I don't know if it's because I started OnlyFans and she had one or what. But he told this girl, like, bragging, and um, she decided she wanted to tell everybody else. And so somebody got a hold of me and was like, you know, people are saying this about you. And I was like, okay, that's fucked up for people to gossip about my fucking trauma, whatever. So the first thing I did was I went to my boyfriend. I told him, like, and he was still, like, struggling bad with heroin addiction. And at that point, I think he was getting a little bit into fentanyl, maybe at that point but um i told him straight up i said this is what happened and everybody's talking about it. i did not want it to happen but you need to find out from me and he like flipped the fuck out obviously like i know how the in reality you think when somebody is gonna like attack you or come at you you f- kick and fight and defend yourself to the death you know mm-hmm. but in that situation it doesn't always work that way yeah a lot of times and, like, you hear from other people's stories. You just, like, freeze. Like, you don't. Like, And the fact that something had happened to me before and I fought it and the guy didn't give a fuck and he fought back and did what he wanted anyway, I didn't want that to happen again. I didn't want that guy to, like, fight back worse. 
Yeah. I I don't know. And I had a gun on me, but yeah. I didn't think shoot this motherfucker. I was frozen. Yeah. And I I don't know. It was just like it was a bad situation and I I knew like from the get go I wanted to tell him. So then when I finally did I wish it did, I didn't have to tell him that way. Yeah. Like people are saying this, so I don't want you to hear it from someone else first. But that like like wrecked him and he was like no like i'm done with you i remember like fucking screw like i don't even like i went to a mental hospital right after this and they like pumped me full of drugs that like really like strong shit so like my memory is like a little fuzzy Mm -hmm. before then but i just remember like him leaving but at one point i packed up all his shit was like i don't want your shit here so he had to like drag it miles like all his like freaking designer stuff like i'm sorry i didn't get robbed like yeah and then like i was like alone for honestly it wasn't that long it was like a couple no i don't even remember it was like maybe a week or two Mm -hmm. and i was like i can't fucking be around here by myself people had started like coming around my house and like fucking with me and stuff and people say oh you're paranoid no when i was there by myself after like that shit happened like i would hear people at the back door yeah like trying to open it like i had it like barricaded like Mm -hmm. and like i was like a target for some i don't know and i had started problems with the drug dealers in our town yeah because my boyfriend was an addict you know Mm -hmm. and how it goes with drug dealers especially when your people are addicts like when it's convenient for us you'll get it you know when it fits in our schedule and all that i'm not that bitch i started going out of town and getting my own Mm -hmm. getting it for him because i don't i'm not gonna see him be sick because you're too lazy to leave a slot machine or something Mm -hmm. you know and so they didn't like that and i started telling him don't come around my fucking house i don't want this shit around my house because i wanted him to like quit you know and i started all that like trouble before he left yeah so once he left i felt like since I was, like, even more so alone, they were, like, game on. Right. And so I'll, I would find, like, 40s in my backyard. Mm-hmm. Like, people would, like, put shit in my yard and tell people, oh, go fuck with her. Or I don't know what the deal was. But there would always be people hopping my back wall. And I only... I remember his sister was there with me for a while. And, like, I know that she would... She knew, like, some things that were up, but I was extremely, extremely paranoid. Yeah. So, something little, I was just blowing it up. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where I would fucking just sit in the front yard with my gun. Like, just, I'm not scared, motherfuckers. Like, pull up. And I knew that, like, it, like I had to get out of town. I got a restraining order on this one bitch because she was, like, a dealer and I didn't want her coming around. And... It was to the point where, like, she was always around my house. It was yeah. weird. So I chased her down in the car one time, like, almost pinned her against a brick wall. It's like, stop fucking coming around my house. I don't give a fuck that my boyfriend's a heroin addict. I'm going to call the cops on you. Fuck you, bitch. Like, you're lucky you're not out of the car right now. Yeah. Like, And this bitch has always been weird. I grew up with her, and she's just a fucking weirdo. So, like, it was getting closer to the the court date or whatever. And I, like... At that point, I had already told his sister, like, I don't want you to be here. Like, it's not safe. Yeah. Like, you have to go. You have to take your dog and you have to go. Like, I'm not mad. You did nothing wrong, but I don't want something to happen to you. Uh-huh. 
And um, I remember like she left or whatever. And then that night I didn't sleep or nothing. And I packed up all my shit, basically all my important shit. And I abandoned that house. And I fucking had when my parents like went into the house, I had had like couches against the door and like the house barricaded all crazy. Is that why you went to the mental hospital? Um, almost. Okay. I decided I have a, a friend. It's my cousin's best friend. So I call him my cousin. Um, in Colorado, he's like, you know, come out here. Um, him and my other friend, they were like, okay, you're clearly going through something, but we think you're having like some type of spiritual awakening at the same time because I don't care what people believe in. But at that time, like I've always been religious. I've always prayed and all that but at that time like I felt like God was communicating with me more directly and like it was very overwhelming and the fact that like um I was going through something mentally yeah from all the shit in my life that I never took care of right and so I went out to Colorado you know I was convinced people were chasing me the whole time as I really feel like I was being monitored by the government at some point Mm -hmm. only because like I'm very aware of my surroundings and just when I was traveling out there and stuff that happened I don't know if it was related to that case with the drug dealers and all that it was just a restraining order thing so I don't know yeah I don't know if it's because I, I I had been putting on my my Facebook and OnlyFans and every little thing that was happening to me. This person followed me from here to here. Um, this suspicious car has been hanging around my house, like everything on social media. So I kind of think maybe some type of police force or something yeah. was monitoring me for my protection mm-hmm. almost. I don't know. But also in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, they want to fucking arrest me because I've been selling weed to kids and shit mm-hmm. like that, which honestly they don't. Nobody really cares about, yeah. like, weed out the West. So I went out to Colorado, and I was there for a couple days. And, like, it felt good to get away, but I just, I wasn't doing anything, you know? I know, and my cousin told me, you know, just, you can stay here for two weeks if you need it you know just calm down I even Mm -hmm. was thinking about moving out there so he said you know spend a couple weeks out here find a job you can move in blah 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 and um I really wanted to sell my car because that everybody knew my car so I was like looking on CarMax and stuff and I was like okay I could sell it out here for like six thousand whatever so I was gonna do that and then I don't remember what, but something triggered me out there to where I was like, okay, I need to get away from here. This is not safe. Mm-hmm. Something had happened to me and nobody would know because I'm all the way out here. My, I had told my parents, um, first I said I wanted to switch my number because I had had my number for over 10 years at yeah. that point. Too many people had it. Too many people were fucking with me. Um... And so I asked them, I was like, oh, can you change my number? And my parents knew I was going through something. And I 
at that point I had let them know I had told I put it out there that like I had been doing drugs recreationally you know and stuff and so my parents especially my dad like if you do drugs you're bad yeah you know you're a loser all that so like my dad did not like me talking about that stuff and my I was telling them like your house isn't safe like people know that you know they know that you're my parents and where you and I was just freaking them out yeah and I left town and they ended up for some reason I don't know if they were just done with me or whatever but they ended up shutting my phone off which I don't know why they thought that would be a good idea when I'm like going crazy and in the complete other state or something yeah but I think at that point especially my dad like they were just done with my shit right they were because like when I was like before I left to Colorado I was at their house and my dad basically in a way kind of told me like you have to leave like you're disturbing our peace using any drugs or it was just okay when I left Colorado I was heading back and I was coming through Vegas Mm -hmm. and then once I got into Vegas like closer to Vegas and the weird thing is like my phone for some reason, it wouldn't connect yeah. to the charger, even though it was a brand new cord. And then so I had this like old broken cord and I rigged it to work. But then like my phone wouldn't connect to my car and it just made me so much more paranoid. Yeah. And I'm not even joking. When I was in Colorado, on the way there and while I was there and everything on Bluetooth kept popping up on my phone. It said like vape, vape swell or something like that. I was like, what is this? Like, it's always on. And when I was in Colorado, I went down to my car to get some clothes. And I pulled, like, you know, in the backseat of a four-door car, you could pull the seat up Mm -hmm. and it's a trunk. I did that and there was a vape in there. And it it was, like, on. And it was that vape. That was connected to your phone. Yeah, Yeah. I had never seen that vape or anything. Mm -hmm. And in my crazy head, I'm like, somebody put it in there to, like, track me. Right, track you, yeah. Which, I don't know. Like, it could have been with good intentions, could have been with bad. I don't know. So at this point, you and your boyfriend were not together. You were, like, kind of going different places, like your parents and then back. Yeah. But this was a short time period. This was, like, I don't know, maybe, like, within a week. I was, Mm -hmm. And on the way back from Vegas, I swear, like, I was, like, they're switching the signs to fuck with me. Like, the sign that said Tropicana, to me, I said tropical. Like, I was, like, losing my shit. And then so, like, I'm getting off the freeway more into town. And I'm, like, in the hood at this point. It's, like, at the, it's like the end of Henderson. Like, there's not much hood in Henderson, honestly. But it was starting to get a little ghetto. It was, like, right outside of Vegas. Like, basically, you could be driving and you're in Henderson on the next street turns into Vegas. Yeah. Kind of thing. And I remember I was driving. And um, I had heard something on, like, a radio station. I was, like, going through, like, the old school fm channels or whatever and i had heard something about a bomb i think it was like news or something yeah and i was like there's a fucking bomb in my car there's a bomb in my car like and if i stop it's gonna go off if i open the door it's gonna go off like i i'm fucked so do you think all this paranoia was coming from maybe like previous drug use yes okay and so um I thought it was that with like a bunch of other stuff on top of it. Yeah. But um, so I literally rolled down my window and jumped out of my car as it hit to a tree and then another tree. And literally 
like I wasn't on drugs, but you know, people have like tweaker strength or whatever, or when people are drunk, they could handle a car accident better. Like I was sober. I was smoking cigarettes. Like I smoked like two pack a day at that point, but I stopped taking dabs Mm -hmm. because I was like, I had people are poisoning me, like all types of shit. And so, um, I jumped out of my car. I stripped down to my sports bra and I think I had on like some big ass underwear at the time. Oh no, they were lace, but they were like, they covered enough. So like I stripped down, took my shoes off. I left my phone, my gun, my laptop, everything. And I started running. And like these two military guys pulled up in a truck to like, want to ride her? And I'm just like, what the fuck's going on? And they're like, we're going to Nellis. You can't get in or some shit like that. I don't, they were just being weird. But then I just kept running and I was like, fuck, like I need to, my car is going to explode. And in my mind, it was a bomb so big that it was going to destroy, like, the whole fucking yeah. block or something. And so, like, this guy, like, he he kind of looked like a tweaker, but, like, he, he wasn't, like, up to no good. He was, like, at the gas station getting gas or something. And he, like, gets out of his car and he has a big black trash bag. And he comes over and he, like, tries to, like, tries to, like, put it around me. And so, like, I'm like, no, 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 I need your phone. I need your phone. And he's like, okay. Like, he gives me his phone. And... I called the cops and I was like, there's a fucking bomb in my car, blah, 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 all types of shit. You need to come right now. And so I don't know if they had seen the car accident or what, but I had ran like two blocks to a gas station and there was a giant rock like the size of this table and I was laying on it, Mm -hmm. just like face down my arms out like this because in my mind, like the cops were going to shoot me or something. I don't know, but they came and i remember it was a white guy and it was a a mexican lady and it was henderson police and at that point i was like cops used to not bother me but then once i started like um getting more tattoos especially the ones on my face and i started losing weight dressing a little different they started profiling Mm -hmm. so but these cops they were not they were very nice and they're like, okay, tell me what happened. And I just looked at them and I was like, I need a mental evaluation. Like something is not right here. Like I just jumped out of a fucking car. Yeah. And I was only going like 25 miles per hour, which I know it seems kind of like a lot, but I just had bruises mm-hmm. like on my knees. Yeah. So they took me to um, a hospital and they were taking my vitals and all that. And the weirdest thing is I had this friend in Vegas. He's like one of my best friends at some point. And his girlfriend at the time ended up being one of my nurses. But yeah. like I had never met her. Yeah. or I didn't say anything about it. I just right. had seen them in pictures yeah. and stuff together. I was like, this is weird. Like, mm-hmm. But like it made me feel like more comfortable, comfortable. you know. Yeah. And I just remember like, I don't know what was going on. Like they took my vitals and all that. Then they put me in this room where I had to fill out paperwork. Mm -hmm. And it was basically like signing over my freedom. Yeah. And what's weird is there was like flashing lights and sirens going off in this room. And in my mind, I'm like, they're doing this to fuck with me. Yeah. And I'm like, something's in this paper probably that I shouldn't fucking sign, but I don't know. I just signed it all. And they took me to... um, I think it was called like Valley Center Hospital or something in Vegas. And they admitted me to like the psych ward. They were just giving me like the one in Vegas. It's like the homeless people or like the drug addicts or they probably do have a little bit of mental problems. But a lot of people were just in there for a bed and showers and food. 
like straight up just like shelter yeah Yeah. so i was in there for like two days like i got admitted at the night in nighttime they said tomorrow morning or afternoon you'll meet with like a caseworker so that day came and went nothing the next day came and went and like by afternoon on the second day i was like oh i still haven't seen a caseworker they're like oh they're probably just busy third day and i had been in contact a little bit with my family on the phone like they knew i was there yeah by the third day like they hadn't been doing anything for me except for like pumping me full of drugs like i was a fucking guinea pig or something and i was like a zombie for like the first two days and like and then i realized like how long are they gonna keep me like this mm-hmm. how long right like they don't even know like they haven't even like evaluated you and know? so like i started getting really upset yeah and i told them straight up i was like you guys aren't doing anything for me in here you keep blowing me off about the casework and all this. i was like that's why i was like do i need to punch someone in the mouth before anyone pays attention to me mm-hmm. and then the next day they had the caseworker meet with me and all that and they were like um we're gonna keep you for 72 hours or after that meeting we're gonna keep you for another 72 hours and then you can leave on your own recognizance or whatever i'll like wait out these 72 hours and i've been telling me telling them this medication you're giving me is like not it's just making me a zombie mm-hmm. like i'm just fucking sleeping or sitting yeah. around and just like my mind is empty like which is probably what they wanted yeah but i told them like i don't like this yeah i was like i feel like this is like how like drug addicts feel well, also it wasn't helping you like you weren't actually getting any help yeah. so after like the 72 hours i had already been in there for like i don't know five days or whatever and then they're like you have to stay for a full week before you can leave and at that point i was pissed because i was like you guys said i could leave on my own after the 72 hours and then they were talking to my family at that point and they basically made it to where like I was staying there yeah for a week no matter what Mm -hmm. and I felt like I already had been in there so long that I needed to leave like then so like the next like two days lasted forever but while I was in there people like were like testing me it was like co-ed so there was guys and girls Mm -hmm. and I knew that that this one guy he was like oh it's like this big fucking gangbanger I don't know he was just like doing his own thing we're all sitting at a table you know and then he looks at me and he was like um i'm supposed to wear glasses i'm like okay he's like they didn't let me bring mine give me yours and i was like no mm-hmm. like the fuck and then like he kind of sounded like okay well he, she's not gonna fucking just like do whatever like she's not scared of me or whatever and then so like he started like trying to sit close to me and shit and like i told them right away, i was like this guy is being weird whatever so they like kicked him out or something mm-hmm but then, like, another girl came in, and she came in there for, like, she scratched one of her tattoos with, like, a fucking safety pin or something. I don't know. She, I think she just wanted to, like, get away from her kids, to yeah. be honest. But she swore that she she had me on some type of social media, and she was so happy she got to meet me and some weird shit. Yeah. And then, so she would always, like, go and like come into my room while i was in there and they would tell like you can't go in there Mm -hmm. you can just go into other people's rooms yeah 
And it was just really weird because she also, she kind of had me convinced that like maybe she did know me or something. So when you were there, did they diagnose you with anything or it wasn't like that? You just basically stayed there for a week. Well, I, I only talked to like a therapist or whatever. It wasn't, the case manager was different from like the little therapist yeah. or psychotherapist or whatever, psychiatrist. But um, they basically psychosis off the bat. Mm-hmm. And then um, they diagnosed me with bipolar depression, mm-hmm. which my mom has said, like, she's thought that I've been bipolar my whole life. I low-key think my mom's bipolar. And my grandma, like, was out there. Yeah. And she was, like, a pill addict, too. So, like, it was, like, I kind of just probably should have dealt with this sooner in my life. Yeah. And I never did. Mm -hmm. So they put me on two medications, one in the morning and one at night. And I've been on them since then. And this happened in 2021. Okay. And I had told them, like, probably like six months ago, I wanted to switch off the one medication because... The tumor I had already that elevated my prolactin, like that yeah. medication does too. Okay. And so like just from talking with them and doing my own research, you know, it was, um, they said it was drug-induced psychosis. Okay. That And I did research too, I guess when, because in 2020, like during COVID and all that, we had been dab, like smoking meth like I would go like there'd be like two weeks where I would smoke every day and then I would not smoke for a while it's just like whatever yeah and when I was working and going to school and selling and all that it's like I would take a hit in the morning just to get me through the whole day yeah I wasn't like sitting in a room tweaking all day you know right and I preferred to take Adderall but it got to the point where like it was kind of hard to find Adderall Mm -hmm. and then I kind of felt bad for taking people's medicine yeah when they clearly needed it so yeah, it went to meth. But the thing is, I remember at the end of 2020, like I stopped having a period for a while, mm-hmm. like probably like three months. And I was like, okay, my periods have been a little irregular before, but like I'm getting older. I would like yeah. to have kids. Like I want my body to be acting normal. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I it was probably like November. Um. Yeah, maybe like October or November, I decided of 2020, I was like, okay, I'm not going to do any drugs anymore. And let's yeah. see if my period comes back. And it, it did. And I mean, like meth and Adderall, yeah. like I was still smoking weed and dabs and all that, but my period came back. And so I just never did so drugs done, again. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So that was in 2020, right? You said? Yeah. Nobody believes me, especially yeah. when I was going crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, But... Yeah, and I started doing my research, and I guess when you stop doing meth, you're, like, it can even take up to two years for your brain to heal. Right. And I'm like, that's crazy, but for sure, it takes, like, months mm-hmm. initially for your brain to start acting normal. And so, that's one of the, I think, the main things that triggered me into, like, losing my yeah. shit. And, like I said, just going throughout life, not, because I was a fucking angry mm-hmm. teenager and even as like a young adult like he's 24 like my boyfriend's 24 and like I tell him like you have a fucking attitude like but I realized when I was his age I was way worse yeah it's like mm-hmm. I feel like it's normal I guess but right. yeah it was just trauma and mental health and everything piled up and I didn't take care of it and so like I just reached a breaking point right 
so they i was taking the two medications i still am and then i tried when i got out of the mental hospital i was like okay i need to go back to work and all that i was not right till like who knows it took like over a year for me to like and even now like i think it has a lot to do with my hormone imbalance Mm -hmm. but like there'll be days where i'm just like crying right for days for no reason Mm -hmm. and like so like i'm getting to the point now like i went to the doctor last month to um refill my prescription every three months and i even thought about telling him like i don't want to take them anymore yeah but i'm just gonna wait right wait a while um my boyfriend gets off his methadone and stuff like that Mm -hmm. i feel like it's something like kind of do everything all together and then you so then you guys ended up rekindling shortly after that when I remember when I was in the mental hospital, um, I was so like detached from the world. It was kind of like jail, but I could still call people mm-hmm. for free. Mm-hmm. And um, I was very detached from the world, so I thought that like nobody even realized I was yeah. gone or whatever. No, it was like all over my Snapchat and stuff. Like, where's Bay? Where's Bailey? Mm-hmm. Like, she's missing and all this shit because I was gone for like a week. And I, my memory is bad, but I'm pretty sure he was tripping too. Okay. And, um, yeah, it just like, he was staying where he could, you know, I know he was with his mom for a while and, um, I was like struggling. I was, I couldn't really hold a job. I went, tried to go back to McDonald's. I only lasted one day. Because the new manager, like, called me a cunt. And I was like, I'm not dealing with this. And then I tried to... I got a housekeeping job. Yeah. And I was doing that for a little bit. And then I was on a walk. Like, I was... some. I, my mom knows some people in Metro. So, like, I think somehow they were aware, like, the police in yeah. Laughlin, that, like, I went through some shit. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. mental issues a little bit. But I was, like, walking to the river in or I walk into these apartments and then I was gonna go to the river or something but me and him he came to my house and um my dad basically was like he's outside you need to tell him to leave yeah blah blah blah. because at that point they had found out he was doing drugs and that's just like big no and they're like you need to tell him to leave and I was and they're like my dad said if you go out there and talk with him then you have to leave too basically so we were walking like down to town, decided we were, I was going to go to um, my friend's house or whatever. And I wanted to go to the river. I just wanted to get away. And we ended up like screaming at each other, some shit on the highway. Mm-hmm. And he tried to take my phone or something, but somebody called the cops. Mm-hmm. And then the cops come and I'm fucking crazy. I'm like, don't shoot me, blah, blah, blah. And um, they think, they clearly think we're on drugs. So because I was being so rowdy or whatever, the cop literally threw me on the asphalt, like manhandled me. And it's like the middle of summer. Yeah. Or the beginning of summer, 110 degrees probably. Mm-hmm. And just yeah, threw me on the ground, handcuffed me. I was on my period. They put me in the back of the squad car and um, I was in there for a while. And they were digging through my shit, thinking they're going to find drugs and stuff. My iPhone was a... Uh, iPhone 11 Pro or something. I paid at the time, like at, when it was all said and done, the phone cost me like $1,600. You know, mm-hmm. phones are expensive. 
well this cop decided he was going to take my phone act like i never had a phone yeah so that was traumatizing and then they decided to call paramedics and have us taken to the hospital and it was just a really weird Mm -hmm. situation like they were literally fucking with us so when i got home like i didn't leave the house for a while like i was scared to even leave i was like the cops are just gonna fuck with me they still do to this day mm-hmm. i'm like normal now like hey guys and no, yeah. they don't care so yeah it was just like really hard to like get back to normal so i was just wandering t- around town a lot i would go to the river a lot i was just like always walking i just didn't want to be home like i would just go sit in the desert like yeah. in my own head and like i was on my medicine but i was not okay mm-hmm. like i didn't even like become like okay and start feeling like almost normal to like last year okay like the end of last year probably because even at like the job i work now i remember when i first started it and i've worked there for like a year and three months mm-hmm. i was really depressed yeah. just like sad because i had built such a good life for myself and i always had everything i needed and i always had more than i needed and i was a hard worker and i took care of everybody and everything and then going to have nothing my parents told me can't live in the house anymore uh i ended up giving my car away to my friend at the time i told him just pay the 900 to get out of the tow yard you could have it like i didn't have anything anymore and so like it was hard for me to get out of the mind state that like you're a fuck up you fucked up your whole life you're a failure you're a loser and I always have been very confident and thought highly of myself, but after I fucked everything up, like, I was like, like, you're trash, like, and it was hard to, like, get that back. The one thing that really fucked me up was hurting my boyfriend. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm like, how could you? Yeah. Because, like, like I said, like, to me, he was, like, out of my league. He was, like, the best thing God ever created. Mm -hmm. So, like, it was really, like hard for me to like get over that and I still I'll always kick myself for that but it's nice now to just be like in the mind state of like I saw what the problem was I understand I had to go through that shit and things better now yeah and I was gonna say too like like I was saying off camera I feel like you've gone through so many different phases in life yeah you know and like you said too I and I can't stress it enough because it is so true but like sometimes you have to hit rock bottom and do really bad things yeah to realize I don't want to do those bad things or put myself in any type of position that could lead me back down a certain path and it sucks because Mm -hmm. you're always gonna look back and kind of beat yourself up for certain things that you've done or Mm -hmm. gone through but like if you didn't go through them who knows if you if they wouldn't like pop up later down the road yeah so it's like you might as well take it as a life experience and have it happen when you're younger and then you know learn from it and get Mm -hmm. past it you know so it's like it happens but I think it's just so interesting to me like how many different phases of life you've been through because that like that's so much experience and in so many different ways and it makes you a stronger person yeah um I'm not like super into like um what's it called astrology Mm -hmm. but I heard of something called Saturn's return Mm -hmm. have you heard of that no okay it's like a point I think it's like um and saturn's lined up with your whatever Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's like from the age of like 27 to like 31 ish Mm -hmm. 
where you fucking go through it. Yeah. And you're like, you, you question like your, your, your life's purpose and your existence and all that. And that hit me right when all this other shit did too. And so like, I really have felt like the past, like, um, six months, like things are really starting to like, just calm down and be okay. Good. We're starting to like get back on track. Yeah. The fact that like he got on methadone and is like sticking to it and like 40 milligrams is not a lot. Yeah. You know, like he'll it'll be he goes down a milligram a week. So like okay. 40 weeks, he'll be good, you know? Yeah. So it's like that in itself is just like enough for me to right. like be so excited about life. So what are you as far as like now, like are you living where are you living now? Are you with your parents? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah, and um which I feel like isn't the worst thing if it no, like it keeps yeah. you I feel like maybe grounded in a way. Yeah. Even though I know parents can be annoying. Yeah. But it's like I feel like it's good for you if they're so against that lifestyle cuz it yeah. just keeps you like okay, I yeah. want to make them happy too and it's yeah. better for me. And they didn't like him for the longest time. And now they're okay with they're him. They're getting better. That's My good. dad's just stubborn. Yeah. Um it's it's kind of hard though like he he literally told me a couple days ago like i just don't say a lot of shit anymore especially like to my parents like there's no point yeah and he was like so do you just like pretend all the time are you acting like what kind of life is that and it's like it kind of hit me and i was like i just it kind of does feel like that so i'm just looking forward to being us together and like being able to just speak my mind without hurting anyone's right. feelings because my mom gets triggered really easily to crying and stuff. So I don't, I don't really, I don't say anything. I keep my I thoughts to say, myself. Right. Really. And, and two, it's like you, you're aware of your surroundings and yeah. people and things. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's like, it sucks when you can't just be yourself and say yeah. whatever. But at the same time, it's like, you know what your goals are and where you're trying to go. Yeah. So it's like for right now, I'm doing this, mm-hmm. but I know where I want to be. And yeah. You know, you'll eventually get there for sure. Yeah. But. And um, I know that this year and like it's just going to be better and better yeah. real quick because um, I work at like a gas station convenience store. You guys mm-hmm. don't have them out here. It's called Maverick. Yeah. And um, they it's like a kind of like a 20 minute drive from my house or okay. more, honestly, 25 mm-hmm. to that because it's in like Arizona, but like Fort okay. Hobby. and they're opening a new store and bullhead so like i'll be able to ride my bike and take the bus so like i'm just excited i know like so many things are just gonna line up line up well that's amazing and seriously i think your life because it's obviously it's it's your life so i feel like you view it differently but like so much has happened and you're still so young and i feel like that's like no like i pluck out white hairs every day (laughs) well listen it's just like it's crazy to me because i feel like you have so much like i said like experience but also just like it literally feels like different little lives that you've already lived and now it's like that doesn't like I feel like you learn from that but that Mm -hmm. doesn't it doesn't have to be a reflection of where you're going but it has taught you so much that you you learn so much from Mm -hmm. it and it gives you all this experience to know what what little things about yourself and Mm -hmm. about life that you want to take and stuff that you want to be like okay I'm gonna leave that pine I learned from it I did it but we're moving forward now but Mm -hmm. seriously it's it was so interesting and very intriguing I have, like, said before, like, I kind of have felt like my life somewhat has been, like, a social experiment. Yeah. It's like, let's see, like, what life is doing this and, like, right. switch it up over here. And it's been crazy. And even now, sometimes, like, God, I just wish I was, like, selling weed and wax, like, be yeah. so much more comfortable. But I'll never go back to that because mm-hmm. it's just, like, 
just want to do my own thing, live in our own little right. bubble. And be safe too because yeah. you don't want to ever feel like you, like I said, even that you experienced what it felt like to be paranoid and feel unsafe yeah. and you don't want that mm-hmm. either. You don't want to bring, because it's any form of negativity you don't want to bring into your yeah. life anymore. You know, yeah. you, in some ways, obviously it might've been easier, but yeah. you should always feel safe and comfortable and, and happy yeah. most importantly. So, yeah. but you did amazing. Thanks. Seriously. Thank you so much for <laughs> mm-hmm. sharing your story. And so I, obviously I think that everything you've been through, there was a lot of traumatic stuff in there, but I never, like I say, I, everything's always an experience. Mm-hmm. And I feel like even if something wasn't good and it was bad and it traumatized you, I think that it always can help form you into a stronger person. Yeah. And even like you said, how generous you are in helping others, mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't have that. Yeah. And the fact that some of the people that I feel like you've helped throughout your life already didn't even know you that well, but you still, yeah. you know, lend it a helping hand. I feel like that's so important and it shows mm-hmm. so much about your character. So Thank you. that's amazing too. I just wanted to say that. So. Thanks. Of yeah, course. I I don't know. Like I, I've always wanted to like be there for people, especially yeah. when they're hurting. And I've always, since I was little like my stomach says cariñosa it's just like somebody that's like loving and affectionate Mm -hmm. and like that's just how I've always been and now like I've gotten to the point where like I have instead of trying to spread myself thin for everybody I have just me and my boyfriend and my family but I want to just put everything and all my love into just us and that's what I've been doing and life is a lot more fulfilling yeah that's amazing seriously thank you so much you did incredible seriously (laughs) 